Bonjour et bienvenue à Conlangrie, le podcast sur les langues construites et ceux et celles qui les créent. Welcome to Conlangry, the podcast by constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley. With me down the road a ways, we have William Annis. Hello. And over in the great state of Maine, we have Mike Lentine. Hello. Uh, How are you guys so, today? Uh, doing good. So yeah. we've been out for a while, and we're coming back after a crazy news week, but nothing pertaining to language per se. <laughs> crazy news week? What do you mean? Lots of interesting stuff happened in the news. Oh, yeah? The all the various um, all the various Supreme Court decisions dropping all at once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the. There's some great news in there, and there's some not so great news, and yeah. that's that's probably about all we really need to say about it. Yeah, I, I've not been following the news as much as I should, so I'm, I only know about some of them, not others. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, that's probably not going to be relevant when this publishes, so... Uh, I, this should actually publish pretty soon, so people should know what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> but um, let's kind of get a little bit into what this show, this particular episode is going to be. So we are doing, just to get back in the swing of things, we're starting out with something we haven't done before, a show format we haven't done before, a mailbag episode. So this is all going to be us reading emails, and I've been considering this for a while. I think that going forward, this is how we're going to do listener feedback, because the thing is, we kind of get emails in bursts, so sort of trickling them out with every single episode gets a little bit of a problem, because sometimes they run dry, and then sometimes we have big backlog. So Peace to famine. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be um, probably just sort of saving up our emails and doing one of these, picking out the best, uh, a few good ones to, that we can talk about and then uh, throwing those out. Uh, particularly, you know, people asking questions about things or having really good suggestions. So, William, you've been yes. silent since we started. <laughs> Don't have much to say yet. <laughs> yet. All right. So um, I'm going to our first email. You, I was going to say, did you want to take turns, each person reading one of them, and then we can talk about it? Well, I don't know, because we have one long one that I don't really want to read the whole thing. Of. Well, that's fine. We can read the short ones. Yeah, but we can we can read the the shorter ones out. Uh, do you want to? The first email we have is from. Uh, Thomas Lindrut. Thank you for the IPA for your name, assuming it's correct. <laughs> Lindrut. I have problems with the the um the unrounded U, but hopefully I got that close to right. All right. <laughs> so um I don't know, Mike. Do you want to read this one or Sky? <laughs> um, sure I can. <clears throat> so Thomas says, "Hi, I'm a rather bad natlanger." I'm too tempted to make lodge-banish languages where things are unambiguous and make sense. I often make up languages that have a terminator for relative clauses. I wonder if you know any real languages that have them. 
There are trailing prepositions, but I don't if there's something like I arrested the man who robbed the ba- who robbed bank and claws yesterday. Hmm. Some thoughts about Tokipona. Well, let's stop there and go back to Tokipona okay. in a second. Yeah, that's yep. Well, I'm, when I first read this, I wanted to say that you know, um, saying you're, you're a rather bad Matt Langer, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it reminds me of when I first started doing some conlangs. The first few I did were very regular, very systematic, and this stuff. This suffix is always means this, and this always means that, and it was very, um, it was yeah. very Lojbanish, I suppose, and it was very not d- demonstrative of what natural languages do. But that's to make you a bad Natlanger. I don't know if necessarily you were saying that as just a funny yeah. ha ha ha. Well, what I'm doing. yeah, I think by bad Natlanger he means he's his conlangs are not very naturalistic. He's not a good naturalistic mm-hmm. conlanger. And you could say that if you're trying, if you're doing trying, if you're ending up tempted to make very very unambiguous languages, then yeah, that's. Not particularly naturalistic, but I think that's just something that a lot of conlangers start off doing. Or some people do that forever. Some people mm-hmm. don't care to make natural languages. They want to make something that's well, unambiguous yeah, and makes sense. Um, I, I think, I think the thing is that, like, he has this tendency to do this, but he wants to be more naturalistic. So mm-hmm. maybe. But um, I just thought it was a good point to say that you know, there, just because you make a language that isn't perfectly unnatural and perfectly like a natural language. Um, that's perfectly fine. And yeah. I thought that it was a very good kind of jumping point just to mention that, you know, I'm sure lots of conlangers have had that period and to not be discouraged by that. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the thing about, um, a terminator for relative clauses. <laughs> I don't, I have, don't think I've ever seen that. I know I've seen relative clauses that precede the noun and have a particle at the end of the relative clause. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's that's anything like what he's talking about. I know. Um, yeah, something like that. I was going to say Russian has um, a relative clause, kind of like a pronoun, but it, it's nothing more than it just goes between the two, and it happens to be there. I don't think it's necessary like an end clause. I don't. See right, so we're, we're, forget the issue of end clause, right? Relative clauses can either come before or after the noun they go with. Sure. What he's talking about is bracketing, where you have a clear mark yes. on the beginning and the end. Of the relative clause. Which, um, yeah. I don't know a single natural language that does this. There might be some, but I've never encountered them. Yeah. What's interesting, I mean, what's interesting to me is we have this tendency, or people who like um, sort of engineered language want to be unambiguous. We like to bracket things. But mm-hmm. there are some kinds of relative clauses which are even less clearly marked than English is, which has relative pronouns, right? You can have internally headed relative clauses, which was discussed many episodes ago, which are even more prone to ambiguity yeah. in certain circumstances. So it's surprising how much ambiguity, what we consider ambiguous in the abstract is almost never ambiguous in actual conversation. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I have, I've done in earlier ver- versions of Iorio, um, the, the markers at both ends, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever seen a natural language that does it, but. I don't know. Maybe we can throw that out and see if anybody has seen one. But now I can think as of a, as, I can think of a naturalistic way to come up with something that acts like this. And I think I have seen things like this, where in addition to having something like a relative pronoun, mm-hmm. the clause has a special verb form for relative clauses. Okay. Uh, so yeah. it's not it's not a um, terminator per se, 
but it will still effectively mark the end of the relative clause if you have if your relative clauses are verb final. Right. Um, and you've got a special kind of verb there. Now I know. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. I was going to say I know Chinese like you will use the duh, and I know that that's not specific for relative clauses. But I don't think it's inconceivable for a language to have something like that because there are tense yeah. final particles or clause final particles. Well, but the thing is, like Ch- Chinese was the thing I was talking about earlier, but that's a different thing. It's still only one side of the mar- relative clause that's being marked, and it's the side that's closest to the noun as well. You have mm-hmm. sentence, the noun. Well, he just mentioned the terminator. He didn't necessarily mention an, uh, pre, uh, like a circum. Yeah, but I, I think I think that's, I think what, that's he's what he's meaning based at. on the example he gives us. That's uh, my it's, suspicion. It 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 makes sense in the con in context mm-hmm. of you know talking about ambiguity. He's probably trying to think of there's some sort of marking at both ends. Well, if he wasn't, then I know there are. If he's just talking about end marking, I mean, I think there are languages that do that, right? Oh, lots of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so continue reading about the, the Tokipona. Okay, with the second paragraph, Thomas says, <clears throat> Some thoughts about Tokipona. I kind of like it, though I don't like the philosophy. I think of it more as an art lang that takes pidgin languages to the extreme. I'm thinking of things like, I want this, you help me, or I'm big, you're small. They aren't the most practical way to say these things, but they sound the most pidgin-y to me. By the way, perhaps you could make a show or a short about pigeons and creoles. I don't remember if you've done so already. Thanks for a great show. Um, Thomas Lindrut. <laughs> we have never done a pigeon or creole episode as far as I can recall. You know, it's getting to the point where I can't actually remember if we've done a show on some topics. Uh, we haven't. <laughs> I, I, I'm fairly sure that we haven't. Uh, but that would be a topic, and that would be a topic that we would want to devote a full show to. Absolutely. Um mm. Uh, we've actually had someone express interest in um, being on the show for an episode on on pigeons and grills. So that would be uh, something that we're looking at. Uh, we haven't really, probably not for a while, but we'll eventually get to that. Okay. Nothing else you should put it on topics list. Yes, which I'm doing right now. Awesome. I think well, it's I'd say... on the topics list. Or... Yeah. yeah. All right. I'd say thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thomas or Tomas or thank you. Tomas, Tomas. I don't know. He doesn't put stress in his thing, but uh, yes. Hey, IPA is good. Yes, yes, especially if you are not. Yes, your name is at all surprising to native speakers of English. Yes, (laughs) it's a, it's a, it's it's an unusual pronunciation for 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 us reading it, which Mm -hmm. is probably why he included that. Yep. Um. So we have the next email from Michael. Uh, Edinger or Udinger, Udinger. I'm not sure what his what the pronunciation on that one is, but um, I'm not going to read, read the whole one, one of this. Do you just want to read his email part and not the explanation? We can have that on the notes for people if they want to read them. Yeah, um, well, I won't um, read the whole email, but he uh, uh, a few things. He says I have a BA in Spanish and. Quite honestly, every time George mentions Spanish, I kind of throw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> just kidding, he said. Just kidding. I want to clar- comment on it just to clarify things. And anyway, he was talking about the middle voice episode. By the way, just to be sure, both me and Mike also have bachelor's degrees in, in Spanish. But yes. 
Um, the program at WU focused more on literature at the higher level, so we didn't mm-hmm. really learn Spanish linguistics. So I had a couple courses on it, but not it was not a focus, like you said. Yeah, but basically he points out uh, a few things about middle voice in Spanish, and he mentions that there's a specific test that you can do to determine whether something is a plain reflexive or middle voice. So that's uh we'll just include this email in the sh- in the show notes for anybody mm-hmm. who's interested but it's it's an interesting extra little uh bit to uh to think about and don't the, make it sound I, like oh sorry go on as you say the, there's two things i mean one is the spanish test i thought that was interesting the article that he includes a link to is pretty interesting i mean it is spanish uh focused but I think there's interesting stuff there to grab some ideas if you're thinking about middles and reflexives as being related in your conlang. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say he did before he mentioned the, the, the point that he wanted to make about um, the middle voice. He did say he loves the show so far. He's doing, doing a great job and he's been listening all the way up. He's up to 58. So yeah, he, doesn't, wanna... he doesn't actually actively hate us. He was just trying to no. correct, uh, <laughs> correct, you know, or clarify one particular thing, which we welcome people to do that if, if they feel like there's something that they need, that needs explaining more. Yep. Um, so we have, this is a short one. William, do you want to read this sure. from Nausher Trolovaram? Yes, Nausher Trolovaram. Uh, thanks for helping clear up the difference between agglutinating synthetic and polysynthetic languages for me. This stuff about noun incorporation was pretty cool. Um, I also liked examples differentiating verb compounding versus verb serializing. Um, after some follow-up reading at Wikipedia, I now understand Mandarin verbs much better. So, yay. Um, this was another excellent conlangery episode. I have no idea which one he's talking about. <laughs> It'd be nice um, if you I saw the dates when he was posted. Yeah, anyway. Um, um, I still believe all your natural language and general linguistics episodes are the best, but then again, that could be because I'm only interested in that language and linguistics. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of cool that we have people listening to the show who are not actually conlangers. That's very neat. Way. Like, yeah, very cool. <laughs> um, Appreciate it. Yes, by the way, you folks should post your episodes on Reddit, which has a linguistics board. I'm sure lots really? of folks would be interested. Maybe someone. Reddit could be a little harsh if people don't like you, but... Uh, well, I don't... I, that's fine, but it's it's an interesting. Uh, I might consider sort of cross posting. I already throw the episode in multiple social networks, so Reddit would just be another place for me to copy paste yes. the link. So yes, and um, is there a Conlang Reddit subreddit? Oh, there is. There is. Oh, really? That might be uh, something. And and many subreddits which tend to be slow, devoted to various invented languages. Mm-hmm. I've dabbled in Reddit, but I have not really gone spelunking in the Reddit tomes. Yeah, some some corners of Reddit are pretty repellent. Um, mm-hmm. And the frankly, the Reddit interface is not that appealing to me. I don't. Okay, know why. so for me, I love the interface, um, but I'm also going to be having a day of mourning tomorrow when Google Reader goes away. Oh, yes. So simple, ugly, but does the, gets the job done is perfectly fine for me. Yeah, um, I just switched to Feedly. To yeah. what? It's it's similar enough to deal with. I've never so, heard of Feedly. Yeah, it's okay. Um, we don't have to get into why we hate <laughs> oh, Google no, no. Um yeah. In addition to a Conlang subreddit, they have, like I said, various ones. Some lunatic I just discovered created an Afrahili um, subreddit, which has its last post two months ago, which makes me sad. Um, <laughs> 
Afrahili, wow. Afrahili, which is a great conlang, uh, sort of, uh, well, we talked about this in the Zonal Oxlangs um, episode. Yeah. I really am, I like it just because it's cool. Um, there is also a special subreddit about a special um, conlang that they were going to group invent, and that went as exactly as you expect group conlanging projects to go. Fantastically well. No, there was a lot of energy for a while, and then it just sort of fell away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there's a surprising... I mean, the linguistic subboard is actually pretty good on Reddit, I think. There's often interesting stuff. I mean, there's some goofy stuff, like, you know, people asking questions really about English grammar, but sometimes some good, solid linguistics happens, too. Which is good. So, shall we move on to the next one? And you can type Unicode on Reddit. I just want to add, and that's good. Oh, I wanted to say yay for reading Wikipedia to, uh, um, oh, that's true too. To Mr. Not sure, cause that's great. Wikipedia is a fantastic resource and you can learn a lot and crawl around in the language section. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So this next one is kind of funny. Yeah. So this is from Michael Bradley Robbins. I don't know if we need to read the whole thing. No, we're not, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he's, he says, uh, First of all, he says, I find it disappointing that George and William are not opera fans. It, this is after he listened to episode 87. I think we, we said, we both said something about, um, finding it difficult to understand operatic sopranos or something. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, and he said, he said he, he discovered his own, I discovered my love of language le- learning and developed a serious drive to conlang, not through language study, but through studying opera. And he talks about several different operas that um, he likes. I'm just going to say, it's not necessarily that I hate all opera. I haven't really been exposed to a whole lot of it. But, you know, some things, like I saw the the one movie adaptation of The Phantom of the Opera. That was That's all, not an opera. Yeah, that was... That, that, it's no, it's not an opera. <laughs> That's a musical. It's Phantom it was, of the Opera. No, it was it was opera, wasn't it? There there was no. one that was all singing. No. Phantom of the Opera is definitely. I mean, maybe someone made. There it. was an opera in Phantom of the Opera. Maybe I'm I'm screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> I swear uh, I saw one. I saw a version that was all singing. <laughs> there might have been a song during which they were singing the entire time. So anyway, obvious, we do not need to, yeah. we do not need to go into this. Um, it's interesting. I mean, sure, it's an interesting way to get into languages is you hear a kind of music that you like that isn't in English. Certainly, um, I was probably the only person in my class who was taking Arabic because I like Arabic pop music. Ooh. Yeah. And some, and some Arabic classical music. Um, so that can happen. Um, I'm interested. The idea that opera might lead someone to conlanging is more surprising to me in, in kind of a cool way, even though opera is not my favorite singing style. Mm-hmm. And see, I, I just haven't been exposed to a lot of opera. Um, so he's talking about thing. I don't like opera because that buzzsaw vibrato makes me tired. Oh, it just makes my brain tired now, after about I, I 20, 30 you, minutes. Tell you one thing. <laughs> I haven't heard a lot of Western opera. I've heard, but what, but like the main thing about the, the uh, opera is when, when you have operatic sopranos in the Western tradition. I've also listened to some, some Chinese, the, some Chinese opera mm-hmm. and just also traditional Chinese singing. 
And I don't like it. <laughs> has yeah, a unique timbre. Yeah, I, I like Chinese opera is different from Western opera, definitely. It's just, uh, the, I liked a lot of, uh, ancient Chinese instruments. Uh, mm-hmm. like the guqin and all that. Uh, the arpu is nice. Of the instruments, the only things I don't like are like those, those weird symbols that just like sound incredibly cheap and, uh, the way that they, they play gongs. Not the gong itself, but the way that it's traditionally played. But the, the, the vocals in the really old style, uh, like Chinese opera and other traditional styles, it's like, particularly the women, it sounds like wailing cats. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be offensive with that. It's just, that's what it sounds like to me. I know there are lots of different vocal styles that have um, that kind of sound. I've, I've heard some, I guess, like gypsy singing where they have that same kind of mule whale sound to it. But anyways, that's, you know, personal tastes. My it's, thought yeah, is my whatever problem. whatever brings you to language is awesome and for you, and if it brings you to something you enjoy, then more power to you. Yeah, that's great. There is also a Klingon opera, which is hilarious to me, called Oop. Yes. Uh-huh. They broadcast <sighs> that into space. They Did they? That's hilarious. To keep away aliens? <laughs> uh, well, I think it was it was actually that they were they were sending it as a a a, a message to Klnos. Klnos. Okay. Good. Right? Yes. Okay, good. By the way, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek recently. Oh? None of the Klingon actors, uh, particularly the, since I know how it's supposed to be pronounced, I know that no, no actor on there can properly pronounce Kapla. <laughs> there was Yeah. At, at and you, when you're talking about the TV shows where they care less. Yeah. There, there was at one point, uh, like somebody on the Klingon High Council that says Kapla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Best not to worry about that too much. Yeah. Um, you'll, just, you'll just be sad. So next we have Jesse Bangs send us an email. Uh, Mike, you want to read this one? Sure. Is that Jesse or is it JS? JS, but okay. he's, it's Jesse Bangs. So JS, <laughs> Jesse, bless you. Um, sorry, starting from there. Jesse Bangs says, Con Langaristas, after listening to the latest episode, I think an episode about naming languages would be a great idea. I wanted to point you to a blog post I wrote a while ago about creating a naming language for one of my stories, as it contains some general remarks about naming languages and may be interesting or useful for forming your own episode. And he includes oh. the link there, Happy Conlanging. So yeah. I think that's uh, that's really... I read through that. It was nice, and I was glad that he posted, shared that with us, or he or she, the, the Conlanger, shared that with us. Well, I think it's he. Well, Jesse could be a good... But um, I, when I was reading through it, I don't know if I could just be disciplined enough to just do a little naming lang. It would probably develop into, well, wait a minute. If this is how they do the plural, then this would be this. Or if this is the son of this, and it would just, it would grow rampantly for me. But uh, I think that's awesome. <laughs> I would really need to try to restrain myself. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a danger <laughs> for any writer coming up with yeah. a language. They either don't care at all, and those that do are too easily sucked <laughs> down a rabbit hole. of Yes. Five months later, what did you do? I was just trying to find the name of this hill. Unshaven. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it gets complicated. Uh, we will do an episode on naming languages, but that's another one that we really want to do. But we 
won't get to for a while, probably. Yeah. Um, I also like turning this sort of noun, conlangerista. That's <laughs> yes. nice. I like that better than conlanger. <laughs> really? I do. But that's just because, well, you know, I have my things. For a while, I was turning all country names into something ending in Istan. So, Kanadistan and Englishistan. Deutschistan. Okay. Um, Majaristan. Yeah, I was having too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. Also, uh, he ends his email with a quote. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And that's attributed to Philo of Alexandria, except Philo of Alexandria never said any such thing. So I've included a link for people trying to track down where the quote really comes from. This, this is just in part of his email signature. Yes, that this yes it has nothing to do with commenting, but I wanted to let you know that it's not really Philo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know because I wanted to see it in Greek once, and I was disappointed. Uh, okay. And the last email we have is from Jim Henry and William I. Saved, I, I rigged it for you to read that one because it has Greek in it. Okay. Um, from Jim, I enjoyed your recent podcast on ancient Greek. I learned several new things from it, even though I've been studying Greek on my own for years. I've never taken a school course in it. Cool. Yay for autodidacts. Sorry, that was William editorializing. I would like to see some short episodes about Greek discourse particles. Uh, a few particles in Gazembum are based in some way on Greek particles. Some are borrowed directly. Others have their syntax and pragmatics inspired by some particle in Greek. The other form is a priori. For instance, the Gazembum negative imperative uh, jo was based on Greek me, and Gazembum men, on the one hand, on the other hand, is borrowed quite directly from Greek me. So, yeah, I could... I, hmm, I want to do a show um, eventually about ripping apart these discourse particles sort of semantically and thinking about various things they encode and how they relate to discourse. Um, so that would be fun to do. I suppose I could do some shorts on particular Greek particles to give people ideas. I probably wouldn't do one about just one particle because that would be boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, people do. still write dissertations on these things, but that requires a deep knowledge of Greek, which would be a little bit tough to um, make particularly useful to conlangers. But yeah, there's some interesting funky stuff still hiding out that we never touched on, and I could certainly do that. It's a big interest of mine because uh, there's a book written by a fellow, I forget his first name, called Deniston, just called The Greek Particles, and it is this huge freaking doorstop of a book. Wow. It's massive. And it is so massive because it's like he just gave up and threw up his hands, and he doesn't try to explain the particles. He just gives lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of examples. So maybe he's trying to see if somebody else can analyze it for him. Right, right. He's collected the data. Now someone please tell us what this is. I mean, he makes stabs at explaining things, uh, Uh usually in ways that make me very angry. It's Uh really difficult to analyze what discourse particles are. No, I don't think it is. I think the problem with Denison is very old. I call it dreadful Denison (laughs) because it's huge and ancient. I mean, it, it is almost a century old. And that's the problem with the classics, which I've talked about before, is we have the best 19th century linguistics has to offer. Mm-hmm. Which there, is... No good. There are wow. people doing modern work and thinking about modern sort of insights into discourse and, and thinking that have happened in the century since these books were written. Um, but they tend to be folk, um, concentrated in journals, and they don't tend to percolate out into the general instructional material that we get for ancient Greek, which also tends, for the most part, to be really old. I can I can see that. I think um, a lot of contemporary linguistics, uh, a lot of contemporary linguists, tend to focus more on living languages, so there's probably right. less, less right. of the people with the that. modern viewpoint going back and looking at texts. That's true, and we, we get all of these texts. First of all, we don't have any, we can't wander around and pester an ancient Greek. <laughs> we have to work 
on what we have recorded to us, which is always, for the most part, is this literary Greek, which we know is not normal right. from the get-go, and is further distorted by um, millennia of copying over and over again and being sort of regularized um, mm. by being copied so many times. So it makes it a little hard. Um, but I think we could do better. I think linguists and classicists could do much better than we have now. Yes. Well, that was all the emails that I'd collected for this one. We still have quite a few sort of in the queue, but we're probably uh, going to just... I think uh, it works one, better this way to have one episode that's just devoted to doing emails. So, When were those from? Were they from like near the beginning of our little sabbatical, or were they from recently? Uh, they were, um, some of them were from long before that, but, uh, oh, okay. uh, it just, um, so keep sending emails, just keep in mind that it may take a very long time for us to get to them. And, <laughs> uh, we won't be like reading all emails anymore. Um, we love to get the, the little like praises and stuff, but the, the things that we really want to talk about most is interesting questions, interesting suggestions. So that's And interesting corrections. We do appreciate the kudos and the yes. critique, uh, constructive criticisms. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. And, and, and things where I can completely embarrass myself not knowing anything about opera. <laughs> <laughs> I swear there was like an opera version of that that I saw, but I don't know. Maybe, but I don't think so. That's what Google's for. Everyone can go check it. Yes. So, Anyway. Yeah. Are we so, done? I think we're done. So cool. I'm going to go, William, what are your final words of wisdom? Oh, I forgot this part. I don't have any wisdom this week. <laughs> Michael, do you? My, my wisdom is if you don't do something for a while, you forget parts about it. Do we do we need final words of wisdom anymore? Well, I think once in a while it'd be good. If we have something that we come up with, it's a good. I mean, it's a nice way to wrap up the show. But um, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe we should retire that. We, oh, we, we could, could. We could still record them, and if they're good, not put them in the outtakes. And if they're good, put them in the outtakes. Because <laughs> then it could be a little funnier. <laughs> and if they're good, we have to put them there. Let's. Well, um, uh, how about? We're going to have to uh, end this show, but I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about what, why, about what that was about when I started it, and how it kind of did not end up being that. So anyway, <laughs> I'm going to for now say happy conlanging. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com. You can send questions, comments, or topic or featured language suggestions to conlangery at gmail.com. To submit a conlang or natlang greeting for the top of the show, see our contribute page for details. Web space for conlangery is provided by the Language Creation Society, and our theme music is by Null Device. <laughs>